Um, I would say he does. Yes. Um, he definitely yeah. gets, uh, you know, he doesn't really know who he can trust or not. And yeah, new yeah. people, if they're in his territory, he sees as a threat. So, yeah. yeah. And then he has a little brother here. His brother also picks up on that behavior. Oh, yeah. He, like, so, he gets. Yeah. 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 He absorbs it. All right. So, welcome to um, the UK Sangha. It is Wednesday. Um, it's good to see everyone here. Uh, before this recording started, uh, Robert brought up the topic of anxiety. So that's a pretty uh, potent topic. And uh, to get things going, like who who here has like, experienced anxiety? Has anyone ever experienced that before? I have experienced it sometimes. Oh, okay. So everyone knows what anxiety is like. Do you guys enjoy having anxiety? No, it's shit. Sometimes. Sometimes, Sometimes. actually. <laughs> Interesting. So so when you're enjoying anxiety, what is that like? It's like a, an intense uh, sensation, you know, that you can really feel out. It's really, uh, it's really adrenaline pumping kind of full body experience. Okay, full so experience. that sounds like it more um that sounds more like exhilaration to than anxiety mm -hmm. so there must be a, there must be a there must be a crucial ingredient to what makes uh, a perception or a feeling anxiety and that has to Danger. be right that has to be the fear the fear or the resistance mm -hmm. to anxiety so uh one thing that Domorado said about anxiety self-preservation right um one thing that Dom Rada said about anxiety that like revolutionized the way i look at anxiety and approach anxiety is uh anxiety itself uh isn't that bad it's not that big of a deal but uh anxiety of anxiety <sighs> is where things get out of hand <laughs> So when you have anxiety of anxiety, it sort of creates a exponential uh, feedback loop that kind of spirals out of control into something that's uh, terrifying. And that that's when people say uh, I suffer from anxiety or they're diagnosed with like, um, I forgot the medical term, but diagnosed with um, Generalized anxiety. anxiety disorder. Yeah, yeah, generalized anxiety. It's not that it's because they experience anxiety, because everyone in the world experiences anxiety. It's because they have anxiety of anxiety. So yeah, yeah, when yeah, they, yeah. So when they get the initial stimulus of anxiety, I don't know, something happens, some fight or flight response automatically kicks in, or you can catch it. Uh they you go oh crap i have this terrible feeling of anxiety and i'm i'm deathly afraid of this feeling and then what am i going to do and so it, it's going to create even more anxiety and it's just going to reinforce uh that sort of habitual pattern of the mind to go down that rabbit hole of anxiety and terror terror and fear 
and uh, trepidation and um, confusion. So it's uh, the brain is built, is a, the mind is a sum total of its habits. So the, um, the pathways that uh, your thoughts go down are strengthened by rep repetition. So if you have an the initial anxiety stimulus and your habitual response to the initial anxiety stimulus is to just um, keep throwing gasoline on the fire, so to speak, you're going to just uh, habitually reinforce feeling anxiety. So it's going to become like the normal pattern for you, for your uh, uh, feeling mechanism. Um, so the only way to stop it is not to make a rule that you never should experience anxiety, but all you have to do is stop being afraid of the feeling of anxiety and realize what it actually is, is just a feeling. It's simply that there's not, there's no like danger in the feeling of anxiety. There's no, there's like literally nothing wrong with anxiety itself. No. Like the actual feeling of anxiety is just a feeling and uh, it can't hurt you except for when you're af afraid of it, it would just get worse and worse. So once you stop the feedback loop by just not being afraid or not being anxious of anxiety, the, the, the anxiety train will begin to lose speed. So the train of anxiety is fueled by itself. So throwing more, so having anxiety of anxiety is like throwing more coal into the fire of the train that keeps the momentum chugging along. And as soon as you stop throwing coal into the fire, the anxiety is just going to keep happening, but it's just going to slow down because nothing's perpetuating it. And eventually it'll roll, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. And eventually it'll completely stop. So tapping the brakes on anxiety is just to stop having uh, fear or resistance to the initial stimulus of anxiety. And we can do that through wisdom, through understanding that what is it really? Like look in your experience, your current experience, what really is anxiety? It's, in a, it's a feeling, it's just a feeling. And feelings, what, what is the nature of feelings? They're impermanent. So you're not always experiencing anxiety. Sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't. So there's really nothing to be scared of, of a feeling that arises and passes away, just like everything else. And uh, so that, that's the end of my little anxiety speech. If anyone else wants to talk about it, please go ahead for what you think. Yeah, so I have a question. Uh, you said something um, toward the end of your little speech about how anxiety, tapping the brakes on anxiety is not reacting to the initial stimulus. Um, it, is that the stimulus in the environment or the feelings of like adrenaline in your body? So um, 
the stimulus in the environment is not what creates anxiety. I'm talking about the initial fear of your environment, or you have to think about your environment holistically. So your environment is what's going on outside and what's going on quote unquote inside. That's your environment. So it may be a feeling of anxiety that arises. That's the, that's your, what's happening in your environment. So what you do with that feeling that arises is going to determine what happens to it. Okay. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter whether you're feeling ang anxious about something that happens in the physical world or something that's completely in your mind. Because ultimately what happens in the physical world and what happens in your mind, both are perceptions. So um, the initial feeling of anxiety that happens has to be seen clearly as not dangerous. You only have the mind for views. You can only hold views in the mind. Right, you can only um, hold views in the mind. So what the, the, point I'm, the point I'm trying to make here is that anxiety just happens. And in and of itself, it's a natural mechanism. It's literally what um, has been selected uh, to help um, the human organism survive. So you run away from, you get the fight or flight response, you get a rush of adrenaline, so you can get out of there of a dangerous situation. So here we started, the, where it went wrong is we started to create dangerous situations in our mind, which create the anxiety. So it, if, if, there, if you actually are in danger, in real world danger in your environment, then you, you probably should be having anxiety. You're going to need to get out of there. You're going to need to run out of there if there's real imminent danger. But what we're doing here is looking around and like investigating what is the danger around us. So I'm sitting here in this room. Um, there's, there's nothing coming to get me. There's, there's nothing uh, imminently wrong. I have plenty of food, plenty of water. I'm uh, not exposed to elements. So the only dangers can be seen to be um, uh, through the thinking mind, the dreaming mind. But oh, even that, oh, I'm not saying oh, that. Even that, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, it's never going to happen or you can stop it completely from happening in your mind, the feeling of anxiety, because it has a habitual um, momentum. So where we can stop um, throwing gasoline onto the fire is just see the reaction of the mind to pr produce the anxiety response in the body as not dangerous. So sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Uh, you're still alive. You, we've all experienced anxiety. 
really bad anxiety before and we're still sitting here completely fine nothing happened except for that you were experiencing anxiety so now we can begin to look at things look at anxiety itself as nothing to be afraid of so when it does arise we don't uh, continue to throw gasoline onto the fire and uh, further fuel that that pathway of the mind to go down uh, does that make sense robert yeah so we'll have the initial reaction which is our body's natural automatic reaction to something scary like a real threat but then the mind right. will blow it out of proportions and that's what creates the the, the like the really significant symptoms of anxiety that we like continue to feel sort of in our day-to-day -day life that we know are unnecessary but we can't just can't get rid of them so what what is the what is the real threat that you're encountering um i don't know i don't really have one <laughs> all right quite safe. <laughs> yeah so like that's what i'm saying is that there's nothing to be afraid of like if if you if you uh, walk outside and someone starts running at you with a knife i mean you probably should have some anxiety and probably uh, get out of there yeah sprinting. you know you need their heart to start pumping you need to start sprinting as fast as you can but that that's completely healthy natural reaction so that's rational anxiety but what what happens is that because um that reaction of anxiety has been so um evolutionarily successful so the 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 humans who had more anxiety got out of danger more frequently than the ones that did it so that mechanism has become super sensitive and reactive um for modern humans who don't face the same problems so what 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 we can do now is use something else that we've um have developed our our our, our intellect and our wisdom to to see the problem clearly deconstruct it and ultimately um end it because uh the anxiety response can be skillfully played with to reduce it and then ultimately uh not not really have it be a problem like uh just because you're not afraid of anxiety itself I said like when when I mentioned sometimes like anxiety can be enjoyable. I think this is one you Scott mentioned that uh, you can turn it into a wholesome anxiety. It's like being excited for a school trip or being excited for a date. It's just seeing that unrealistic, unsafe feelings because anxiety arises when you're not feeling that safe. You're feeling like your survival is at risk when in reality nothing is going on. If you would do a bit of investigation. But anyways, it all comes down to just getting relaxed yourself initially to do that kind of investigation, right? So when we see that school trip coming up or that big meeting coming up and we can see that anxiety, we can 
instantaneously just take a breath, relax, and then we can see that there's nothing nothing at risk here. There's there's no 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 threats, no snakes, no no tigers, nothing going on. That's a very yeah, excellent so, point. So yeah, that that um, date that you're about to go on, or that that interview, or that meeting, or that person you don't like that you have to deal with tomorrow. All of that stuff is not not really there right now. So that has to be seen as a dream, a product of the dreaming mind. And uh, the thought about those things is just a thought about those things that's appearing and disappearing right now. So when those things happen, you can deal with them when they happen. You kind of have to take an existential approach to life where all that there is to life is what's right in front of your face at any given moment. And you can handle what's right in front of your face at any given moment. And that's all you need to handle. There's nothing else. There's really nothing else. Which means also that you stay open. You don't close up and solidify anything else because we are trying to work from a place of wisdom and not uh, another layer of delusion. Yeah, by far, like the best thing that ever worked for me was putting myself in like an environment where I was constantly surrounded by people and there was no way I could go back into like solitary or in the shell, you know, like I was basically forced myself out of the shell. And it kind of comes to that point where you're so sick of your own bullshit that you do put yourself in those situations where um, you have nothing, there's nothing else to do but be confronted by it. and it actually just kind of washes away you know very uh it just washes away when you're just with it for 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 a period of time a certain period of time it's just it's almost like you're unaffected anymore it's like there's no wind so to say with anxiety but definitely like there's there's definitely like a big you know fish you know there's big sea monsters lurking there in certain situations certain appearances can bring forth intense anxiety and you're like wow you know sometimes anyways but um in general i think putting yourself in an environment where you're constantly with people is a really powerful way to understand anxiety full-on well i wanted to connect this just like sorry scott just i'm uh i wanted to connect this have you guys ever been so excited about like going on vacation or anything in life that that is the same anxiety that you feel when you're threatened by something as well it's just you changed your thoughts about it it's still an unknown scenario like i'm going on vacation i don't know how is the place going to be or what am i going to do there it's still anxiety feelings arises but you're more you're looking at it with more wisdom you're looking from a different lens of view so you're kind of excited and you're enjoying that anxiety so it doesn't overwhelm you you're not adding fuel to it as in making it your boogie monsters, as, as Scott said, adding fuel. You're not creating more negative uh, negative patterns towards it. Yeah, that's about it. So, okay, so yeah, that, that's another way you can deal with it. Is so essentially, what anxiety is, um, the actual feeling of it is made out of sensations, right? Kind of energetic sensations that's going on somewhere in the chest. So can we play with this um, visceral experience? You know, there, there, it's an energetic, it's a, it's a 
it's an energetic feeling um that's not inherently good or bad so it's when we dislike it or when we want to go away it's when it, it's like unbearable and when it uh keeps going keeps getting worse and worse where do you guys feel anxiety generally because i feel like contraction in my throat quite a lot of the time you know feel like just just yeah there's like a contraction in my throat sometimes when it's very when i'm very very in my body very aware it can be very subtle as like this contraction in my throat oh i feel it in my gut that's where it goes really really fast yeah i haven't felt it in a long time though but i remember that's where it yeah. used to go yeah that another good point is that um usually wherever you experience anxiety is always somewhere around the breath area so somewhere somewhere on the chain where you're you're experiencing the breath that's why literally taking deeper breaths is going to start to expand that energy so there's a tightness in the chest The sensation, so the sensation and the tension of that anxiety is an, is a sensation in the chest. So when you take a deep breath and you expand your chest, that sensation too expands. And when you release your breath, that sensation releases too. So literally, it's a physical process of anapanasati. Um, so when you're taking shallow breaths, that that uh, that 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 tension is kind of um, surviving like a parasite. It's going unnoticed. It's kind of lingering in the background, and like the breath is just it's leaching off the breath. It's like making your breath shallow. So like how to play with this feeling is literally taking a deep, invigorating breath, and then it's going to expand and release with the breath and uh and you're going to start to get other sensations in the body um that sort of um sort of start to dissolve and equalize the feeling of anxiety because if you're feeling anxiety in your chest well you're also feeling the sensations of your butt against the chair and you're also feeling the the wind blowing past the hairs on your arm, and you're feeling the shirt against your skin. So all of these things are completely either pleasant or neutral, but the anxiety is the one that you don't want. So it becomes um, it becomes the problem. So taking deep breaths, you start to expand the sensation, and you start to experience other sensations. Um, it it really is a physical process. That's why exercise makes a huge difference. Because when we exercise, we are forced to take deeper breaths, and we are forced to experience the body in its totality. And uh, that starts to bring you out of the dreaming mind, the feedback loop of the worrisome thought and the worrisome feeling, perpetuating each other and spiraling out of control. So taking deep breaths, becoming grounded in the moment um, is the way out of anxiety.
for me that tension reminds like of a uh, constipation have you ever been like really constipated sitting on a toilet like and that's the sensations that you get in your body when you just need to take a shit with your body you know just take a breath take a shit <laughs> that's how i yeah, see it. so yeah so like the the negative feelings is just like a kind of con constipation right um uh, you got you could think about it this way everybody poops right so don't be afraid of pooping <laughs> it's okay like everyone literally everyone in the world will get feelings of anxiety here and there if you are human and you have a human body the the natural response of anxiety will arise and pass away um it's just what we do with that initial response of anxiety that either blows it out of proportion or lets it pass like a cloud in the sky and lets it just be part of the um, be part of the, the whole spectrum of experiences that are impermanent. Um, so we can start to see with wisdom um, what the real nature of the feelings are. Well, sometimes I worry, what if I have just, because I don't think we all have the same level of anxiety. I'm so constantly anxious so, so much throughout the day about so much. What if I just have too much anxiety for this to work for me? Yeah, so the, the tr for you, so some people, the train might be going slower and the train might um, slow down quicker and then come to a stop faster. But in your situation, the train is going really fast and it has a lot of momentum. Yeah. But the prescription is still the same. For the train to stop, the only way it's going to stop is to stop fueling it or stop um, being afraid of anxiety itself and make it not, not see it as a problem. That is okay. It's okay to have anxiety. And then the train's going to keep going. <laughs> it's going to slow, it's, it's going to keep going, but it'll start to slow down okay. because there's nothing that's perpetuating it. Now, someone who has a little less anxiety, the train will come to a stop faster because there is less momentum just you just it's just the law of nature the way momentum works and the way um energy works so a system with more energy will take longer for that energy to dissipate and equalize with its environment less energy there's less to transfer but the the um the response to our anxiety still is the same and it still works um, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I wanted to say, like, seeing anxiety a lot of times. I mean, for me, previously, I used to be, like, a very anxious person. Like, had crippling social anxiety. Like, couldn't go outside, like, be around crowds, even going to supermarket. And eventually, you become quite good at noticing it. The more you experience it, the better you become at noticing it. So it's almost there, like, for a reason for you to to, to see it. And when you start seeing it and you have correct practice, you actually know how to put on the brakes now. So now it doesn't get out of control going like 1,000 kilometers per hour. Now it's maybe going 900 kilometers per hour, 800, 700. And then over time, it, it becomes easier and easier until you don't, until it's like just one of those like slow moving trains that kids jump on, you know, and you're just enjoying it. Ooh, just riding like my, my little dudes, you know. Yeah, so whatever way you can sort of look at this that takes the 
that takes the terror out of the actual feeling of anxiety is the right approach. So like it, 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 it's just, uh, it's like a, it's, it's our mind tricked ourselves into feeling anxiety. So we can literally use mind tricks to stop feeling anxiety because that's how we stop. <laughs> so whatever, whatever like mental Kung Fu you do, um, or series of concepts that you do to make anxiety, not terrifying is going to work. But even better than that, literally taking deep breaths, playing with the sensations and seeing that anxiety itself is not a problem. It's literally sensations that, that are expanding and contracting, appearing and disappearing. Um, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not self. So it's not you. It's not always there. It's not you. But because we, 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 we feel it very often, we, we associate ourselves with it. So we see that, oh, I'm here. There must be anxiety here. But no, it's not always there. Right. So much so that people identify themselves like they start carving it into their personality. Like I am right. an anxious person. I am this kind of a person. And then you've attached it. You've married it right to your ego. That's what anxiety wants. That's just what it wants. <laughs> Now you're playing right into anxiety's hands. Right. So I see you, Mara. I see your little tricks. Okay. I'm 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 wiser to your tricks now. I'm no longer a fool of Mara's tricks. I'm no longer a fool of the cycle of it. I can see it when it happens. I can see what it's trying to do to me, and I can see where it wants me to go down. And I'm just, I'm just not gonna go down it anymore. I'm gonna stop and just see it for what it is. It's Mara playing games. The magic trick of anxiety, of fear, of confusion. It's like a slide of it's like a slide of hand. Okay, you're like, oh, what happened? But it, if you if you become wiser to it, you can see um, the game of it, and you can gamify this. Um, yeah, gamify. <laughs> you could destroy it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that should be a game. There should be like a Buddhist themed video game called Dookie Destroyer, where it's like unwholesome <laughs> thoughts and you have to like blast them down. <laughs> <laughs> like but, explode into mandalas or something. But when I do see the anxiety for the trick it is, um, I feel relief for like. 10 seconds, maybe a minute or two, but then it just comes right back. And that over time, that discourages me. Yeah, right, because, because um, you're you experience the relief. And you as soon as you experience the relief, now you're like, Oh, I want this relief. I, yeah. I never want this to I never want this to go away. Yeah, I want this. So that comes from the belief that the relief is can be a permanent when it's impermanent too. So the same goes for anxiety. Anxiety is impermanent. And the relief from anxiety is also impermanent. So if we believe that any of these two things are impermanent, what it causes is liking or disliking. And that's craving. So that perpetuates Wait, when we, 
when we believe that they're permanent, <clears throat> it causes us to crave them. It, it causes us to either crave or avert to them. I see. So we believe the anxiety is permanent, so there's creates aversion. We believe that the, the relief can be permanent or we want it to be permanent. So there's um, craving. But they're two sides of the same coin. So it, um, yeah, go ahead. I get that on a conceptual level, but how do you really, really get it experientially? Practice. Okay. Practice. Sorry, it's just practice. Yeah. So, so okay. you can okay. Just, just how you're telling me and you're, you're describing to me the cycle of it. Yeah. You get the you get the relief. It comes back. You get discouraged. So, um, right there is wisdom. You can see the cycle of it. So here, when we're seeing the cycle of our reaction to things, and coming out of anxiety and going back into it and getting discouraged. We can develop a metacognition in that way and sort of also take the fear out of that happening. So you stop being afraid of the anxiety coming back. Because that's how you got out. That's how you got out. That's how you experienced the relief to begin with. If you, you stop being afraid of the anxiety. So you stop being afraid of the anxiety. You experience relief of the anxiety. And then now you became afraid of it coming back. So it comes back. So if you're not afraid of the anxiety coming back after you experience the relief, relief from anxiety, it might come back and might not. If it comes back, it's not that big a deal. And it's okay and it'll calm down, take the momentum out of it, probably will come back. But it, it, if we don't want it to come back and we're afraid of it coming back, it's going to keep reinfor reinforcing that and adding more <clears throat> fuel to it. Um, and the same thing goes with the discouragement feeling too. That's just another word for doubt, you know. So you go, okay, now, now I'm discouraged. Now I'm upset that I'm discouraged. Mm -hmm. It's like a never-ending chain. It yeah. is. It's a chain, and yeah. and and I actually see the entire chain happen. Then get frustrated about the whole entire chain, and because it keeps the whole chain keeps happening from start to finish, like at least a hundred times a day. Yeah, and then it takes quite a lot of uh, effort, effort and effort, and you can get discouraged with how much right effort you have to put into it, you know? Sometimes it's a big hindrance to right effort. Mm -hmm. But it really is... Right noble effort, right noble effort. Right You're not trying to, trying to push against it. Yeah. You're trying to do it wisely, softly, mm -hmm. as only as much effort as it's as, needed. as it as it needs and also I mean, try to create yeah, something this is bringing everything up for me like just doing the practice like i'm worried i'm just oh i'm too anxious i'm a hopeless case like other people can do it because they're not as anxious as i am but i am special in that i can't do it and then I, then i go down that whole chain it's like a whole bunch of different chains of all the unwholesome thoughts I've ever had in my whole life coming up every single time. And we just toss them out yeah. one at a time instead of that, focusing on all right. of them. That's right, Carl's got it. Instead of looking at it like this big heavy chain of like adding more negative unwholesome thoughts, each one arises in turn, right? Uh -huh. So if right. you can recognize it, it's just one link at a time. Uh -huh. Okay, okay, there's discouragement. Okay, 
All right, let's let's sit with that for a moment rather than jumping to right to the next one. Okay. You know, recognize that for what it is and then get some relief from that. Okay. Then another thought may arise that you feel is linked to it, but it's still just every present mind moment, you know, and uh -huh. if you start looking at it like a chain, you will feel like you're wrapped up into it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but the chain is sort of because you're, you're remembering all these past situations, but they're not relevant in that moment. Only that, th only that mind moment is. You know, and if you, it's really easy to hold one link. <laughs> it's super easy to hold one link. You can toss that away, but an entire chain, that's a heavy thing, you know? So also, don't, don't think yeah, of it, it as... Yeah, it feels yeah, heavy. Yeah, right. But see it as in this present moment, I'm feeling discouraged because, okay, there was no relief. Okay, I recognize that for what it is. I'm going to breathe on that. I'm going to, you know, work on, work on that part of it. Recognize that for what it is. You know, yeah. and congratulate yourself on tossing that one thing out because the key it, it really is the key to congratulate yourself as you toss something out because it builds confidence that you can actually handle this so over time you will build confidence that you can throw out the whole chain without even needing to pick it apart you'll just see oh there, there's the chain i can see the the chain is going to start like coming around the corner right I'm about to link drag number it in. one i like let me yeah. toss it out at link number one yeah 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 and exponential okay. level is the confidence. Once you get the confidence, nothing can, it's just grooving. That, that's it, it's just grooving all, all around. Okay. So I'm on the right track? Mm -hmm. Of course. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. I don't you're think here. you would be here if you're, <laughs> you're here. <laughs> right, you're here. <laughs> you can always. One, one, thing, one thing that I heard Damarato say over and over and over again, and you can look this up in the talks with uh, Martin Z or Martin Z, is uh, the new students begin to see their stuff mm -hmm. and they think they do something wrong because it's more, it's more, it's more. But yeah. it, it's exactly the opposite. You can see more, you can see now what's really going on and this is like discouraging maybe if you take it this way. But you can yeah. also take it as, okay, I can see this now building up some confidence, practice, 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 and you will conquer this because you're a lioness. Thank you. Okay, good. Yeah, and you can always take um, refuge in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. So um, you're ever feeling afraid, uh, you can, here's another tool. You can bring up thoughts of the Sangha. You can bring up thoughts of, of the Buddha. You can bring up thoughts of the, the Dhamma. And this, this is always wholesome, and this will always soothe the mind, and this will always um, bring an end to fear um, because it's, it's uh, unsurpassed. So there's nothing more excellent than the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And there's nothing beyond it. It has seen reality for what it was. Like it has seen things the way that they really are. And the way that things really are always is everything is okay. And all of the fear and all of the problems 
was all in imagination. It was all a dream. It was all a product of the dreaming mind. It's a ma magical thinking. It's thinking about something that isn't there. So whether someone else is experiencing anxiety or not, something you experienced in the past or something you might experience in the future, it's all never there. It's all a fabrication. And that is such, that's the good news. So that's what every, that's what every, um, per, that's what every wisdom is speaking from, whatever tradition it's coming from. It's really telling you there's nothing to worry about. Everything's okay. It's okay here. Um, and then we can really start to uh, start to enjoy that revelation that everything's okay and breathe there's a weight off your chest all of it everything is fine and now good feelings will start to arise and the good feelings is the 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 roots to all of the jhanas and all of that kind of stuff um, and you can start you can start to see wow but this is a game too how good can i really enjoy this how good can i really feel how how much can i just sit here and ah like soak it up as much as you can because why not that's 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 what life, life is to be enjoyed Hakuna Matata. Yeah, and also you can, on occasion, skillfully remind others of the same thing as well, which is also a, a really excellent practice to, you know, when there's opportunity to, uh, to be able to bring this kind of calm and peace to others that are in such uh, dukkha, drowning in such dukkha. Yeah, so like in these conversations, for example, what are we doing? We're literally talking about the Dhamma and we're talking about how things are and we're talking about how to deal with um, these hindrances and how to deal with anxiety. This is a completely wholesome activity of the mind. So every mind moment you're talking about the Dhamma, every mind moment you're thinking about the Dhamma, you're free from hindrance in that mind moment. That's literally the profound transformative um, quality of these Sangha calls. Because if you're here in the Sangha call, you're here in the Sangha call. You're not anywhere else. Yeah. But even as you're talking, there's thoughts flashing in my mind about worries about the future. And then, so now that you're talking about those thoughts flashing in your mind about worries, about the future, you're seeing those thoughts flashing in your mind about worries about the future, and you're talking about it with the Sangha and through yes. the context, through the context of the Dhamma. So that's wholesome. So the thoughts and the feelings aren't the problems. Bye, Veda. Good to see you. Bye. The thoughts, the, thoughts, the, Bye, initial, the initial stimulus, the initial thoughts and the feelings aren't the problem. The problem is our interpretation of it, 
our perspective of it, our view of it, the lens. So if you put on, if you put on, uh, or the attitude, if you put on orange tinted glasses, everything is going to look orange. If you put on, um, uh, so this is the, this is an analogy for the filter of our mind or the interpretation aspect of our mind is like putting on lens and looking at things. And the Dhamma is taking off the glasses and seeing things clearly. So if we, so initially maybe you need to put on um, clear lens glasses and those glasses is the having the right attitude, the right attitude of, I can, I can uh, surmount this. I can see it for what it really is. And I can wake up out of it and taking joy in that and seeing that there's nothing to fear here. There's nothing to worry about these thoughts and these feelings aren't the issue. It's what do I do with them and how do I react to them? Because if you react to them and uh, problemize them, then they're going to become bad. So that's the interpretation um, step that affects, affects the feeling um, or affects um, the, the, the re either the reinforcement of a habit or the weakening of the habit. So it may not, it may not be like, oh, it makes it go away on the spot. You throw it out completely. It's not going to come back. No, it's just weakening it by not seeing it as a problem more and more. It's just a phenomena that's happening in your experience. It's a, just a series of thoughts. And the series of thoughts um, are just happening, arising and disappearing. And there's no real problem behind them. Okay. Yeah, essentially, I think seeing thoughts is the as something you you say you're seeing thoughts, so it's not it's already like out there that it's not part of the the real the the self. You can see it's something happening. So that's the first insight. You already can you can already identify that that is not something that's part of the initial center so from from there you can even congratulate yourself because now you, you saw them so they become less real you don't give them that real feeling as far as like yeah just making them more real as as as, as uh, the more you play with them the more you talk about them the more you entertain them in your head the more real they become and then the smoke gets in your eyes and and eventually your whole world becomes those thoughts like you we see this all the time with people like sitting in the trains and, 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 and being in their space, not noticing that somebody's put, pulling out like a phone out of their pocket, <laughs> being miserable. And that's what happens when people don't pay attention to what's really going on. Yeah, so if you have the thoughts, um, if you have the thoughts in the room, so the thoughts are going on somewhere in your experience, Yeah. but also, the, but the, but also your experience in the room. Don't forget about the room. So the thoughts get blown out of proportion and become way bigger of a deal and way bigger of a problem. When we totally, we kind of like go into them and we forget about all the other stuff that's going on. And that, and that goes into that feedback loop. So um, the skill that we can develop is see that there's tons of information that's flooding, flooding into our, um, our perceptions or our mind or whatever you want to call it. And uh, 
these these um, these informations or the sensations range from pleasant, neutral, or unpleasant. And uh, the problem comes when we forget about the neutral and the pleasant sensations and uh, only focus on the unpleasant. So the disturbing or the triggering thoughts and, or the, and the unpleasant feelings. And we forget about everything else. So that now that becomes our whole world. When really the thoughts, the unpleasant are in a whole mixture, a whole mixture of neutral and even pleasant. There is, if you take, if you take some time, take a breath and be like, oh, that breath can actually be enjoyable. That's actually a pleasant feeling. Let me hang out there for a little. And ah, like, let, let me try to relax the body and let me see if I can enjoy myself. Let me adjust my positioning. Let me see if I can experience some relaxation in my muscles. That's, that's actually kind of pleasant. These thoughts and these feelings can still be going on, the anxieties, but now you're putting them in, in perspective. So, and then also the room around you. Oh, there's all this light flooding into my eyes. It's a miracle, actually. Um, let me see if I can gaze, gaze at all of it. Let me see how good I can get at this. Let me see if I can gaze at all my visual field instead of focusing on one thing. That's a ton of information, and that's a ton of mind moments that are going to be occupied by the wholesome, by the re reality of your situation. And that's, there's, there's literally, that's the, that's where you're going to experience relief is in the reality of the information. Um, and uh, just sit back and gaze at it. And you can just realize, oh, there's nothing I have to do. There's nowhere I need to go. And there's nothing I have to do about the anxiety and the triggering thoughts. And there's nowhere else I have to go because look at all this stuff that's going on. I love so, the way you said that, Scott. Just sit back and gaze at it. That yeah. really helps. <clears throat> no matter present. what you do, the grass grows. That's it. That's right. Present moment. Present moment. How we can wake up to that present moment. Or um, literally see right now. Um, can you look straight ahead? or maybe a little bit downwards and uh -huh. become aware of the periphery of your vision, uh -huh. the whole, the whole, the periphery, as well as what's in front of you. So stop focusing on what's in front of you or the, or the screen or the people's faces uh -huh. and let all the spectrum, all the periphery, um, wash, like just wash into your eyes and just gaze at the totality of it. Okay. And try yeah, to do that do for a couple of seconds here. It's like a planetarium. <laughs> so now that you can see that this is possible, this is the same skill that you can also do with the body. So there may be some tension in the chest or something, but there's also all these other sensations going on. So let's not focus on this one and let's open up and let's gaze at the entire body or the entire sensations. It's the it's the same as what we're doing with the sight. So, um, and then uh, even one step beyond that is gaze at everything. So the thoughts, the feelings, the touch, the smell, all of it, all of it happening um, 
one after another and just gaze at all of it without going down uh, one way, without going into the thoughts or going into the feelings, uh, so to speak, and just let it all wash in without, without making any labels, without giving any names to anything. This is that, that is that. Like without, oh, that's a lamp or this is a thought. Just experience it for what it is and let it wash into your system and do not interpret it. And then in conjunction with that, take some deep breaths. So everyone here now, let's take uh, some breaths, some on the five count in, five count out. One, two, three, four, and then five count in. So ready? Okay, so uh, um, how did that feel? Does anyone want Good. to talk about that? Perfect. Great. Good. Perfect. Good. 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 So this is the this is the skill. It feels good. And what is that feeling? That's sukha. Okay. <laughs> that's sukha. So that's the skill we're developing, um, is to be able to relax, and uh, then these these pleasant feelings will start to rise. And hey, yeah. Uh, this isn't so bad after all. And then once you once you get safe, you find that safety. You find that um, fearlessness. Um, now things are going to get really good. So you're going to be you're, there's going to be this rapturous joy that arises out of the safety that you found or the pleasant sukha that you found. Um, and that rapturous joy is just another thing to play with. It's just an impermanent thing called PT. It's like yippee woohoo that this actually works like <laughs> there, this is actually an experiential thing that works and it does it is uh dukkha dukkha niroda and then uh and then it come back down you come back here and say ah let me soak up it feeling good again and then even more relaxed and more relaxed and more relaxed and more relaxed until you're more relaxed than you've ever been in your entire life and when you're more relaxed than you ever been in your entire life, then you can really see the processing of mind really clearly, like so precise. So this is like, then you're going to be able to deconstruct, deconstruct your experience even more. Um, and that, 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 that is, uh, go ahead, Robert. Um, since the goal is to relax a lot, and that's the path is of one of relaxation. Um, is it okay it's part, it's to part of the path? It's an aspect of the path. Never mind. I'm not going to ask. It's kind of stupid. Sorry. No, 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 no. Go for it. Don't don't think it's stupid. It's not stupid. No. I don't know. Sometimes when I start to relax, I just like I want to like start like smoking and drinking and like not like healthy habits. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, know if that's mean. like. 
it makes me more relaxed, but I guess it's technically not dhamma if you're doing that, is it? No, but think about it this way. That's what people uh, naturally do. Um, so they'll be like, oh, it's Friday. I can let loose. Let me have a yeah, drink. Yeah, it's that, exactly and then, that and feeling. They'll, they'll have a couple of drinks and they'll be having a good time. So, um, I mean, that's a lot better than, oh, I'm miserable. Let me drink the pain away. So yeah, it's I'm not mis- drinking to escape. It's just like I'm starting to relax. And I'm like, man, I feel good. Like, I just want to, like, relax even more and let loose. And that Friday feeling. Yeah, so. But that's yeah, a, that's sort of like habitual. That's a habitual relaxation, you know, taught by society, etc. And we have to think of it as: is it is it wholesome relaxation, or is it unwholesome relaxation? I think that's a question that I, I I would ask in that situation, you know. So, I'm I wouldn't be in the habit of making an eight uh, rules. Um, I don't see the problem with having a couple of beers if you want to in moderation. That's nothing. Or if you want to smoke a little weed, go for it. I mean, the, but, but, but you realize that you're not going to, it's not those things that you're deriving the pleasure and relaxation out of, right? The pleasure and the relaxation came out of your own capacity or your own skill. Okay, but here's um, the thing is, I start to relax, I have those thoughts, and then normally what I'll do is I'll resist those, so I won't do those things, but then I become tense again because now I'm resisting the part of me that wants to go do those things. Yeah, so you know what I mean? that's totally anti the problem. So that's another, I mean, that's another rule that you're making for yourself. Um, Isn't it just craving, though? Yeah, yeah I, I guess, yeah. but like, yeah. if I resist the craving, then I'm not relaxing anymore. Yeah. Then I'm tense stuff and I feel anxious because I'm having to resist yeah. it. So so the goal here is not to tense up and not to feel anxious. So I'm not gonna <laughs> I know. Get, I'm not gonna give you a rule and tell you that drinking is unwholesome or drink or smoking that's absurd to tell you that drinking or smoking weed is unwholesome. There's not it's there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's if it it's the motive behind it, whether it becomes a problem or not. So when people are perpetually smoking or drinking to escape their problems, that's when it becomes a problem. Okay. So I'm not going to make any rules here. Um, but always remember the goal is to uh, wake up out of um, fear and anxiety and, and resistance and not keep it going even further with some kind of psychological rule or like guilt tripping ourselves. Don't guilt trip yourself. It doesn't lead anywhere. Um, okay, everyone. Uh, I have to. I have to head out now. It's been a joy seeing everyone, and it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. And I hope to see you guys soon. And remember to breathe. Bye, Bye Scott. Goodbye, Bye. Scott. Bye.